0: Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Nest Realty and realtor Janet Oppenheimer. A senior resource specialist, Janet serves the Asheville, North Carolina area. Visit nestrealty.com and look for your trusted mountain community advisor, Janet Oppenheimer and by Asheville Farms. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required.
1: Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, Amazon, and iTunes. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who recognize the future depends on the sustainable work that we do today. Ignoring sustainability can lead to a loss of our precious natural resources. So it's so important to know how you can support sustainability in your day-to-day activities and incorporate them into your business model. Well, today we continue with the Speaking of Travel plus Leave No Trace series with Richard Crawford. Richard, as you know, is the host of the Amazon Prime TV series, Leave No Trace. And together we highlight the importance of Conservation, sustainable travel, and ecotourism. And Ricky, it's great to have you on Speaking of Travel. Hey Marilyn, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, my well traveled friend?
2: I'm doing I'm doing good. You know, this this episode is going to be relatively tame compared to the last. We don't have Ben, my cameraman on with us today and as we as we heard in the last episode he's quite the talker isn't he for a cameraman
1: (laughs) he is quite the talker but he's got a great past what a guy i'll tell you what you guys are so funny together and you have a magic bringing together the leave no trace tv series i mean it is really ricky i have to tell you you know as you've been traveling around doing season two it's like Man, some of the places you've been and these experiences you've had are are just, I don't know, they're just like over the
2: top. I, I know, right? It's crazy. I feel so fortunate to be able to do it. Very, very, very lucky. It's hard work, but it's a lot of fun.
1: And you've learned so much. I mean, that was one thing that I took away from the conversation with Ben is that when you look back on how the show got started and what you were looking at to begin with, you know, fast forward through a pandemic and what you and Ben are able to actually on the ground see for yourself, what are people doing, right?
2: Yeah. 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 It's been, it's been a huge, well, from, from, a, from our point of view, it's been a huge learning curve too. People automatically think, uh, that because we do this show, we must have been experts in eco travel before, and that's why we did the show when in fact it, it was the opposite we were we were just doing a show you know about incredible destinations around the world, um, and then realized that there was an aspect to that um, that was very important, and that story had to be told. So as we are as much as we are teaching our audience about ecotourism, we're actually teaching them what we've just learned. Like real time, basically, on camera, so and all the different places have a lot of different things to offer when it comes to ecotourism and sustainability so it's been it's been a fun ride, it is a fun ride it continues, so that's good.
1: that's very good. There's always somebody new who is doing something that is great, and yeah, it seems exactly. like today it's becoming a little bit more and more evident that there are organizations and destinations that are making this their focus after the pandemic, wouldn't you say?
2: Uh, Absolutely. In fact, we just returned from, I I don't believe we talked about this before. I think we talked about going, but we just returned a couple of weeks ago from Tasmania um, in Australia. And and just to give a little background on where Tasmania is and, and, and what it is. So a lot of people actually think Tasmania is a separate country. Um, but it's not. It's actually an island just off the southern coast of Australia. And it is, in actual fact, a, a, an Australian state. So Tasmania, yeah, so Tasmania actually um, is part of Australia. Um, we, the, the capital of Tasmania is Hobart, which some people might have heard of. And, and we flew into Hobart from Sydney and then drove about two and a half miles, uh, sorry, two and a half hours north to a place called Coles Bay. Um, where well, there was an organization called Sapphire Fresenay. Uh, we'll, we'll get into it in, in just a little bit on who they are and, and why they're really unique and quite unique, especially in, in the sense of ecotourism. Um, uh, but yeah, I think, I think the country, I think Tasmania, the, the, the not the country, the state, you can drive from head to toe in about six hours, and I think from east to west in about six hours. So, just to give you a sense, of, of it's pretty big, it's a pretty big island. Um, And believe it or not, like tourism there is is relatively new. Uh, You know, people of uh, the the indigenous people have been there for 40,000 years. Uh, The Europeans have only been there for a couple of hundred years. Um, And tourism itself has really only been there since the 1970s, which is pretty new. So there was a lot of really cool stuff to find out. We'll, We'll get into it as the episode goes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really neat to, to get down there and experience, uh, Tasmania for, for lots of reasons.
1: Well, it's so exotic. Like when I think of Tasmania, I think of the Tasmanian devil, like cartoon <laughs> when I was a kid, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, Like yeah.
1: this whirlwind of, of this thing. Now, do those actually live there? I don't know.
2: Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So I I got to see a Tasmanian devil. Now it is it, it's it's not necessarily what I think a Tasmanian devil looks like. Is what you know. Um, what was the uh, Warner Brothers? Is it Warner Brothers? It was. It? But anyway, whatever. Brothers. Yeah, whoever did the cartoon of this little Taz devil that's it's like a little tornado running around. wasn't quite like that, but that's how I understood. And that, that's what I would imagine. Ninety nine point nine percent of the world's population understand the Tasmanian devil to look like, um, but it doesn't. It's 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 actually it's like a big. I believe it's a marsupial. It's almost the size of a small pig. Um, it does have some teeth on it. Um, but it was it was really, really neat to see the unfortunate things and not to get confused by the way by the Tasmanian tiger because nobody has actually seen a Tasmanian tiger since the 1930s so a lot of people get that confused but the Tasmanian devil actually is is under a lot of pressure right now for survival because they have developed a cancer or a tumor that develops on their mouth and it's it 's uh, transferred to, to because they eat. Um, you know, they eat dead animals and and stuff like that. If a Tasmanian devil who has this cancer eats, eats a piece of prey and then leaves and another Tasmanian devil comes along and eats it, it picks up that mouth tumor. It's it's a shame. And they've lost about 80% of the population. So um, part of us going down there was to cover that story. And and again, go to an organization, uh, visit an organization that actually has a, a facility uh a, a re um uh, what do you call it re- rehab rehab yes i'm a little i'm still jet-lagged by the way a little rehab facility that helps these animals and does a lot in the research for them so we'll you know but but overall it was really neat to see a tasmanian devil i feel very privileged uh and i feel a part of a, a very small group of people that have actually seen them
1: Well, Ricky, when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about that because it really leads right into what we've been talking about. And that is conservation and sustainability. And especially as more and more uh, states, countries, destinations are becoming uh, mindful that economy, local economy can depend on tourism and things change. So we'll yep. talk about that when we come back from the break. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here today with Richard Crawford, host of the Amazon Prime TV series Leave No Trace. We're going to be talking about that, too, when we come back, Ricky. So stay tuned. <laughs> Traveling to new places is good for everybody, but sometimes travel can be challenging. The good news is there are products available that can put your traveling concerns at ease. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD
3: products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger, say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals, don't eat them. Go solar, coexist. Don't buy a dog, rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru, on the web at prestigesubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, oh.
1: Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Ricky Crawford. He's the host of the Leave No Trace series on Amazon Prime. And, Ricky, I'm just going to start right here. There was some big news. Why don't you just go ahead and tell us about the whole French thing that's going on with the show?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, actually, there's a couple of big, big news.
1: <laughs> well, tell us um, yeah, before so, we get going. Into yeah, yeah. It.
2: Yeah, so so the French part of it is it's French, 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 Canada or Canadian French. Uh, the biggest Canadian French-speaking broadcast broadcaster in the country picked up the show and aired it. Started to air it, I think, last week at prime time on Tuesday nights at seven p.m., which is great. And it's pretty funny because I, I managed to get a sneak preview of what it looks like, and I'm, I'm speaking French. So my let me tell you, my French has got much better since high school. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, You
1: are fluent in French. That is awesome. All right. So that's very French, big.
2: So, so that's that's really big and, and really excited about that. But what I'm also really excited about is uh, Leave No Trace was picked up by Nat uh in Asia uh, three years ago or two years ago when we when we just sold it. Um, which was exciting, and it played on Nat Geo People, which was a subsidiary of Nat Geo, and it played like it played at kind of weird times there in, in Asia, like Hong Kong, Singapore, Taiwan, all, all of that Pan Asia, um, and they've just started to rerun it again on primetime Monday nights, 7 p.m. Not only that, not only that, but I'm sandwiched at 6 p.m. It's Gordon Ramsay, at 7 p.m. It's Leave No Trace. And at 8 p.m., it's Bear Grylls. So I'm sandwiched in between these two huge icons of, of television. And it just feels really neat. I have to say it's exciting.
1: Well, you're becoming an icon yourself. Your focus. Uh, I, don't,
2: I, I wouldn't go that far, but just to, be, like, just to be on prime time. And it says, like when you look on the schedule on the website, for, and it's National Geographic. It's not Nat Geo People. It's not Nat Geo Wild. It is the National Geographic Channel. And it says on there, you know, 7 p.m. in brackets, prime time. I'm like, it says prime time. You are the
1: prime time (laughs) guy. This is awesome. That's because you're doing prime time stuff, Ricky. I mean, why don't you just admit it is? I mean,
2: I I have to say, I I got a little giddy. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm no prime time. Like, you know, obviously the two guys that that bookend me are incredible, but it just feels nice. It's like, this is really cool. A lot of hard work. You know, a lot of blood, sweat and tears and years of and investment and years of, of, of our life went into it. And just to, to get that little bit of news and see it in front of me was was really, really exciting.
1: Well, what it says to me is that people are definitely interested in what you're doing. They like your style. They want to travel, but they can't. And you can bring the world to them in a way that there you go. Gordon Ramsay cannot. So you
2: <laughs> or at least he can at six o'clock, but not at seven no,
1: never at seven <laughs> and his I'll... show
2: his show is actually Ramsey's show is really similar in the sense that he travels the world um and speaks to people about sustainability and ecotourism and travel through through food from that area so it's it's pretty neat it 's actually a really cool show.
1: well, you bring it in through sweaters and <laughs>
2: I can't wait for the temperatures to really drop.
1: I know. You know, and that's another thing that I think we need to focus on is that you have so much diversity. You know, it's like you're not just visiting in Europe or you're not just visiting here. You're actually doing the research to find out who's doing really good stuff. That's what we're after.
2: Yep. Yeah, for
1: sure. So let's go back to what you were talking about. And, and, you know, I have to, again, say that Tasmania, Tanzania, I'm not really sure what you're talking about here, Ricky. Remind me again where this island is.
2: Yeah, so it, it's it's interesting that you say Tanzania because it is, it does sound the same, like Tasmania, Tanzania. And a lot of people that I've spoke to since my return, I'm like, oh, is that in Africa? T- Tasmania, is that in Africa? I say, no, that's, that's Tanzania. Um, but, you know, that, that's a common mistake and one that I've probably made in the past. But the fact that I've been there now, hopefully I won't make that mistake again. Um, but yeah, so Tanzania is in Africa and Tasmania is off the southern coast of Australia. Tasmania. So Tasmania.
1: Tell us what this project was about, because we kind of got it was like we were talking about the animals, and then it became yeah. that you were talking about the animals. So was this place an animal refuge rehab?
2: No, it's no, it's not. It's actually a destination. It's 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 actually Australia's number one luxury resort. Folded Australia num- Australia's number one luxury resort. Um, but it's for them, it's not just about luxury. Like it's literally about sustainability and ecotourism. And and I'll give you an example. So what they offer there is you, you pay a premium price to be there. there. There's only twenty cabins, I believe, which all look over an incredible bay with mountains in the background and the water in the in the foreground. But there's only twenty cabins so that they can, you know, basically Look at you know look after you like you're the only one there for the most part. So it is very luxurious, but they built the hotel, this luxury destination, uh, with the environment in mind. Uh, the first thing that they did was this used to be an old caravan site where people would go park the caravans or RVs, as you say here in, in the United States. So it was all it was a lot. It was a big concrete parking lot. Um, for many, many years. So they came in and actually lifted all the concrete up. Um, they, you know, tilled the land a little bit and they planted thousands of trees and shrubbery that are indigenous to that area in a greenhouse off, off site. And then when those saplings and those trees were ready to be planted, they brought them all back. So they completely redeveloped the area in in a in a more environmental way. So that there's an example of an organization that is not just... Leaving no trace, but actually adding and making a difference um, and adding a lot of greenery to the area. Um, so that was, that was really neat. That, when I heard about that, that piqued our interest right off the bat. Um, and then we went down there, and their whole philosophy is connecting, connection with country, right? It's like, look, while you're here, we're going to offer an amazing array of experiences that you can have um, that you don't pay extra for, they're included. These are included in your stay, um, and they're all very eco and sustainable focused. So they, they perfectly blended the luxury aspect, because it's very luxurious, um, with the eco and sustainable aspect. Uh, and again, one of the, uh, there are several excursions that, that we managed to be part of, and one of them was going out with with a gentleman who is a an ancestor of the indigenous people his people have been there for forty thousand years and he literally took us out on a walk and showed us how to use the land um you know what different plants and and, and different shrubbery could be used for and then we went down into the water and he told us about what his people used to fish for and how how they even did that sustainably um and, and i'll give you an example they would you know, they would get a lot of shellfish, like mussels and all that kind of stuff, and oysters. And and then they would uh, bring it on shore. They would harvest them all. But they would leave the shells on the shore so that the next tribe that came along, or even if it was the same tribe a few months later, knew not to fish for that or, or scavenge for that particular shellfish because they wanted to be able to let it grow again or, or let it build up you know, the amount of, of, of shellfish that was in the water again. So completely sustainable. That's just a small example of some of the really neat things that we learned from from this man who is a descendant of people that have lived on the island for 40,000 years.
1: Wow. Well that's, you know, that's kind of like the beginning of time. When you think about how yes. people lived, that was like the most primitive, right?
2: Exactly. I mean, exactly, even- And they were so like so so shut off from the rest of the world that it, that it took until only 2 or 300 years ago when australia was settled it took took them that you know that long to develop their own lifestyle and unfortunately when the europeans came as as they did uh, over the last couple of hundred years completely decimated the for the most part decimated the tribes and it's just sad, sad, sad story, but really neat experience.
1: Well, I want to talk more about it when we come back, and I've got some questions from some of my listeners about really exactly what you're talking about. I mean, we're, yep. we're in a very emerging frame of mind, I think, on this planet, and we all have to be mindful of who is it who's really starting to make things happen, because right. they kind of become the heroes when you look exactly look at it well this is Marilyn Ball you're listening to Speaking of Travel I'm here today with Ricky Crawford from the Leave No Trace series and there's so much good news going on about that I feel like we're going to say oh we knew him when but we (laughs) knew him now so stay tuned we'll be right back Whether you're traveling to points near or far or traveling on a life journey, every transition is an opportunity regardless of your stage of life. If you, a family member, or a loved one is looking to downsize, retire, or buy or sell a home, contact your trusted Mountain Community Advisor, Janet Oppenheimer, from Nest Realty in Asheville. As a senior real estate specialist, Janet will help and guide you through any life transition one step at a time. Contact Janet at nestrealty.com today, helping you find that perfect home to fit your next journey. Nest Realty.
3: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, oh.
1: Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm Marilyn Ball, your host, and I'm here today with Ricky Crawford, the host of the Leave No Trace series, not only on Amazon Prime, now showing on quite a number of different platforms. In fact, Ricky is fluent in French, and I am so excited to have you back to talk more about, you know, what you've been seeing this year, Ricky, is really big stuff. I mean, it's not like you went from uh you know one place it was a couple of thousand miles you went like across the gl- the globe since the beginning of I, I did. 2022 right
2: yeah i did and 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 you know most of these destinations have been very very much on the opposite end of the spectrum as far as what you see and what you do um from the fjords in norway just over the last you know several weeks from from the beautiful fjords in norway to the to the wonderful and exotic island of, of Tasmania. Um, a lot of similarities, though, uh, especially with, you know, what the organizations were doing in order to, in order to highlight sustainability and, and, and social responsibility, which people sometimes forget that's the third aspect of sustainable travel. You've got the eco, you've got sustainable, but you also have a huge social responsibility uh, when traveling to places around the world.
1: Well, let's talk about social responsibility, because I don't know that people really even have an understanding of what social responsibility means anymore. Sometimes I don't even see an etiquette at the airport for people who have respect <laughs> for traveling, if you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. Um, I mean, social responsibility, you, you you want to visit a place that cares about not just the region that it's in or the area that it's in, but the people that, that are there and the people that have been there in the case of Tasmania for 40,000 years. Um, so what kind of things are in place to, to, to help that? Well, they hopefully would hire locally, um, bringing people into work in, in the resort and obviously educate them also and, and elevate them to positions that perhaps uh, later on, they could use those skills and, and go out into the world and, and maybe start their own business or or you know visit somewhere else in the world and be able to tell their stories somewhere else in the world so number one, just make sure they' they 're hiring local um, two make sure they 're spending local right um, so you know if, if it 's a nice resort that that provides incredible cuisine, then in the case of tasmania, make sure you 're going down to the local farmers or or the local fishermen. Or bring it in and you 're not flying in lobster and caviar and, and whatever my tuna from from Japan or wherever that is, maybe that's part of part of what you do, but a big part of your budget should be spent locally again you know investing locally and putting money back in back into the community um, The other thing that that I thought was really neat, not so much from a uh, social responsibility aspect but from a produce point of view. Uh, Sapphire Fresenite, which is the the name of the resort, um, have banned or don't do business with anybody that ships produce in the polystyrene boxes or plastic boxes. So, you know, they were were kind of at the forefront of that in that area, um, at least. So I thought that was pretty neat, too. Um, And as as well as hiring local, as well as spending back to social responsibility, as well as hiring local and, and, you know, spending locally in the community, um, just doing as much as they can to to get involved in any organization that tells that helps tell the story, or helps preserve the culture of, of the people from that area. So you know that's that's an important aspect. That people social responsibility is an important aspect that sometimes people forget. It's kind of the third part of of being a responsible traveler.
1: Well, I don't know that they actually forget it. I think in some cases they didn't even have it to begin with. And that's why it's so important to educate people in what is traveling yeah, think, these
2: days. I think you make a good point. I, I think you're right. I think people focus on the eco aspect. And, and it's not that they don't want to like be a part of, of the social responsibility aspect. It's just not the first thing that comes to mind. So it's good that these organizations highlight it and without, pushing it down your throat, obviously.
1: Well, it's like that old cliche about and I always forget it, but it's like, you know, teach a man to fish and then right. he's gonna do this and I mean when you really yeah. think about what you are what your mission is and what so many people are out there doing is to create a circle of life where everybody is is equally engaged on this planet and yeah. there's so many disparities, especially where there are indigenous people and there's yep. wilderness and all these places that are very vulnerable wouldn't you say
2: yeah yeah for sure and i always say this to traveling all over the world the number one thing that i've learned about people in general is that we all want the same thing we all honestly for the most part want the same thing family nice kind of lifestyle you know just you know get along Um, so that that's that's good to see.
1: And I think it's good to see that continuity up close in person that you are actually there in the local setting with the local people, having uh, you know, not only a good time, but really telling their story and they want that, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So in our case I think we're very lucky because our conversations I have with, with local people from around the world. Uh, is about them and about their story. So you know, I I get pretty very well accepted. Ben and I both get very well accepted wherever we go, with a smiling face, and you know, and and they get to tell us our story. Um, so that we're we're very fortunate in that sense.
1: And they're pretty exotic places too. So it's not just where your average tourist would go, but it gives that bigger picture. It almost creates kind of a, a bar that. This is how great it can be. Let's all strive to get to this point because it works.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I I guess the show highlights places that maybe uh a lot of people wouldn't initially think about. You know. So that that's good.
1: Oh, that's very good. Well, just from your travels out there, how do you see that the people who want to get out and travel are comfortable enough to be able to do that do you feel like there's a comfort level now when you talk about these three pillars and how people can travel sustainably
2: yeah i I think in general as a whole it is being accepted more and more that that tourism ecotourism sustainable travel uh, is a big part of travel now um more than it ever was 10 years ago more than it ever was 20 years ago so it's not a it's not something that it's frowned upon i think it used to be frowned upon like oh you know yeah eco traveler what is he going to is he going to bore me with all these stories about you know how we need to be responsible and i i for the most part i don't think that's the case anymore i think people are genuinely interested and have a and have a genuine concern about about the planet and and say like not ruining the places they're going to, being able to visit, as Ben always says, this it's a very fine line, it's a very fine tightrope that you walk. How do you visit these places that you want to see without ruining them ruining the place that you're visiting for the next person to come see? So people are more aware and, and I in general.
1: Well when we come back from the break, I want to talk about that a little bit more because I think that is really another part of this circle that we're talking about of being able to uh, keep it going if you will pay it forward all of those kind of cliches is really the way that it's going to work so yeah Yeah. well good well this is Marilyn Ball you're listening to Speaking of Travel I'm here today with Ricky Crawford and we'll be right back so stay tuned Mm
0: Why not make the most of the beautiful winter season and plan your next vacation or staycation to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains? Create your perfect winter wonderland adventure in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com is a 900-page online guide covering a nearly 100-mile radius around Asheville, North North Carolina. There are so many special places and awe inspiring vistas around nearly every corner, and this is the perfect time to create safe and memorable adventures across Western North Carolina. Visit romanticashville.com today.
3: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars.
1: Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Ricky Crawford, the host of the Amazon Prime TV series, Leave No Trace. And Ricky, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. And like I was saying, it's like, this would be a great way to talk in a, I don't know, just outside in a cafe with a glass of wine versus, you know, being, that's kind of what a podcast is. It's... It's a great conversation, sometimes done in the middle of the day. So I just am so glad that you're here talking about uh, being out and traveling. Nobody is really doing quite what you're doing. So give us an idea just of what it's like at the airports. I don't know that people even know, and you've been to quite a few of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. So they're they're a little hectic at the moment, um, only because – they just don't have staff back yet to to accommodate the demand. In fact, this morning, I, I just saw on the financial news this morning, Delta Airlines um, blew away their quarterly financials because the demand is there. Like it's everybody wants to travel again. And not only that, their forecast for the fourth quarter, well, I, oh, yeah, this is not going to stop. Like there's tons of people want to get back out and travel. And the airports, unfortunately, the staff, a lot of staff were let like, go, oh, and they're slow to get it back again. So you just have to be patient. You have to be patient. You have to have plan B. And look, I, I get it. I get frustrated. I do. I. I there's a couple of occasions this year this happened to me where I've missed flights and I've had to pay extra to get another flight. And, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a pain but it's just part of it at this point. You just have to, you just have to say, yep, it's not just me. It's not personal. Um, this is the way it is and get on with it.
1: And I think being mindful of not only yourself and how you're feeling, but being mindful that you don't know all these other people's stories. So it's probably best to, you know, bring your patients along, right? <sighs>
2: that, that's exactly it. Usually when somebody loses the plot, it's because the they think that they're the only one that's there that's been affected and that they're more important than than the next person. That's you. that's usually the case when I see somebody blow up um, and, and, you know, there are a lot of good reasons for them to be frustrated. I mean, if you're missing a wedding or you, you plan this trip and, uh, you know, it's just part of life. Like, you know, you're not the only one in the world where this has happened to you. You can be frustrated, but the last people that can, that you should take it out on as a poor person behind that front desk at at the airport, unless, unless they have an attitude, because I'm not saying they're all innocent. Um, they work very, very hard, but I have come across a couple of people who, who work in, who work in this environment who don't help the situation. Um, they just don't help it. It's almost like they're fueling the fire sometimes in their aggressiveness or, you know, Again, 99% of the people were great, and, and you can't blame them. So overall, it's a little hectic. Just be prepared.
1: Well, I think it's definitely, like you said, more and more people are going to be traveling. So it's, it is now more and more just like a circle of people who are circumnavigating the globe. And that means different cultures going into different cultures and, you know, all of these things that people read about, they see on video, but when they actually get there, could have a different experience. So again, I think it's more important for, uh, as people start to travel again, to really understand what we've been talking about this whole Segment, which is mindful, being responsible travelers, uh, yeah. because it almost is like a different travel experience today.
2: It, it, it definitely is. And it's, you know, it changed. Obviously, uh, 9-11 changed the travel experience for, for, the, for forever. Um, and I think um, overall, the world adapted to that. Um, and that is what it is, more, more secure and, and for our safety. I think it was a good thing. And now with, with COVID, that adds a whole other layer on top of that, uh, just from a health uh, perspective. Um, and then on top of that, just the world's more accessible than it ever was. So there's more people traveling to uh, places further afield um sort of just more more people that you have to deal with. So it's changing, constantly changing and you just have to have a good attitude about the whole thing.
1: I think having a good attitude is definitely something you should pack along for your wherever you decide to go just to be able to say I'm going to bring my best self and I'm going to I'm going to have an experience that I'll remember for the rest of my life. I think people are looking for experiential travel they want all the things that you've talked about where you gravitate where people are giving back and working towards a sustainable economy and future we too as travelers want to be a part of that
2: yep exactly
1: and you get to see it firsthand so let's just let's just give a couple of tips here, Ricky, because people are listening and, and are getting ready to go back out there. What would you say besides packing your patience and your mindfulness to just a tip so that somebody could be a little bit more tuned in?
2: Get to the airport three hours ahead of time instead of two. Uh, that, that's definitely, I, okay, So especially if you're flying through Amsterdam at all, Sheffield Airport are having their own issues. There are lines outside the door that are half a mile long. Um, do your research. See where you're flying to, where you're flying out of, what they suggest. You know, all the airports, will, they'll have a website that will tell you before you get there what is, what is the ideal time to get there. Don't, don't huff at it. Don't blow it off. Like literally follow, follow what they tell you. And that'll start your trip off better um you know ben ben and i are so close but there's one thing there's a one thing in life that both of our both of us are completely opposite i like to get to an airport really early he likes to get there where he's literally jumping out of the car to get to the desk and, it, and we it, we drive each other it's the only time we drive each other nuts um so yeah just in that aspect uh you know just get there get there early
1: well, now I'm curious which method works best, getting there early or rushing to the, jumping over things to get to
2: the place? I mean, I just don't know how he deals with the stress of that. I don't want that stress, right? I I, I would rather be at an airport five hours early, which I very often do. I, you know, I'm fortunate that I have enough air miles to where I do have access to a lounge. But if I didn't, I'd, I'd find a quiet space. But I'm happy to sit at the airport and work for five hours on, on a computer. Or, or do what i have to do or do my research i mean i either do it there or i do it at home but if i'm at the airport already I've, I've negated that anxiety of getting there of having to check in of worried about am i going to make the flight or not so that negates all of that like there's nothing worse than starting a trip worrying about that and then pile on top of that any other little you know delays that that that, that are part of the Little part of traveling or cancellations, it's just a lot. Just make it as easy as possible as you can on yourself. Ben he does it. I don't know how he does um, It's quite comical, um, but I just don't want to be part of it. so often we'll be traveling together i will leave I will leave the hotel or the resort or his home or he'll leave my home at different times to go to the same airport because I just don't want to deal with the, the stress
1: I love that. well, you know what I think the being able to recognize. This is my stress level. You know, some airports are destinations. I've talked to people who actually travel with long stretches in between on purpose because they yeah. love to hang out at the airport. People are yeah, just different. Right, right. But even here in Asheville, I talked to uh, somebody at the Asheville Regional Airport and, you know, every, all the airports are saying the same thing. You can't, you can't just do an hour Even some, you can't even do two hours. You really, especially around here, we have a lot of construction and uh, a growth spurt happening. So there's construction and parking issues. You know, if you really want to travel somewhere, you just have to kind of suck it up, I think, when you get right down to it. It's not for sissies.
2: Right. No. And, And again, just eliminate as much stress as you possibly can. Why add to it, right? Right. So where are you off to next, Ricky? I am going to Costa Rica, where you have been, Uh, and also the place I'm going, we've had Glenn on, Glenn who owns a property, uh, Finca Rosa Blanca Coffee Plantation, that is also a very highly rated luxury eco resort, so I'm very excited. We're going in November, November, uh, November 7th is when we leave. Um, and maybe, maybe depending on our schedule, we could do the episode from there. Maybe.
1: I was actually just reaching for my calendar to see that would be awesome.
2: That would be cool. Right? Yes. Although you tell me how is the, um, how is the connectivity down there?
1: It wasn't bad, actually. Although, yeah, I, you know, right, I have cool. to say once I got there, I didn't want to work anymore. So, Oh, ah, wow. Well,
2: but this is, Marla, this is not work.
1: It's not. Fun. It was a mission. And <laughs> and we really supported the local economy. So two thumbs up. There you go.
2: Perfect. <laughs> well, perfect. that sounds
1: great. Well, why don't we stay in touch so you can let us know, and then we'll be talking to you from Costa Rica. That would be awesome. From Costa
2: Rica, yeah. We could have Glenn on there, too. That's
1: yes, that would be great because we're we're doing a lot more talking about what's going on there in the conservation. And Glenn is such a huge wealth of information. So fingers crossed on that. Well, Ricky, thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel.
2: So as always, it's a pleasure.
1: It always is. We learn so much and we want to keep on the move. In fact, one thing before we go, how can people keep up with you and keep an eye on what you and Ben are doing?
2: Yeah, yeah. So follow our you know, our social pages at leave no trace TV on Instagram and Facebook. If you're in Canada, watch the, um, what's the French speaking broadcast. If you're in Pan-Asia, watch Nat Geo. Um, uh, and actually if you're in, if you're in the United Kingdom, you can watch it on, uh, they have it on Sky TV there now too, which is, uh, on a, on a channel called Earth X TV. Well, that makes it's a good app,
1: match. So. Earth X TV,
2: TV, Leave No
1: Trace TV. Well, Ricky, thank you again. We'll look forward to doing this again next month, hopefully in Costa Rica.
2: Yay. Thanks.
1: All right. Well, thanks, Ricky, and safe travels, and we'll talk soon. So now that we have you thinking about how you can reduce your individual footprint when you get out to travel, think about where you're going to go next. Do you want a more experiential journey, or do you want to visit the most popular destinations? Are you thinking of going someplace that needs your support? Are you going by train or plane or boat? Well, once you've decided, think about the more environmentally way to enjoy your trip. We all want to do our best to live responsibly. If you're mindful of your impact and take the time to do your research, it'll make a huge collective difference. So why not go for it? Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy.